So Money, episode 1282, Susie Moore, author of Let It Be Easy. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Who knows what the future holds for a fair world? The way that I look at it, because I, from my personal experience, I refuse to abdicate my power to anybody outside of me, right? So I will think there may be things that get, so for example, as you know, I don't have a college education, right? And in America, it's all about the education, right? And like who you know and where you went to school. And I always just kind of gracefully would focus on my strengths. We all have them, like we all have them no matter what our background. And all I, personally speaking, all I can focus on is like in in a situation where I maybe don't have an advantage or other people have advantages over me, or I'm not going to be treated fairly in 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 a situation. Like, what do I have? Like, what is it that I can control in this moment? If something in our lives could be made easy, what would that be worth to us? You know, hard work is not always the best work. Yet we often opt for the harder routes in life because we were raised to assume that hard equals valuable, hard equals more meaning, more success. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Susie Moore is our guest today. She is back on the show and she is here to discuss the insights and inspiration from her newest, latest book, Let It Be Easy, Simple Ways to Stop Stressing and Start Living. It's a collection of stories, wise and witty words, delivering nuggets of real life wisdom to help us all diffuse reactive triggers and recast our failures into successes with simple, powerful changes. More about Susie. She's a former Silicon Valley executive turned life coach and advice columnist, and her work has been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Dr. Oz, Oprah, The Wall Street Journal, and many more. She was born in England. Susie grew up on welfare, living in domestic violence shelters, and dreaming of an easier life. And she worked hard. She was earning half a million dollars a year by the age of 30. And what do you know? She realized that ease doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from marriage and doesn't come from fitting in. So she has lived on both sides of the equation. And now she set out to crack the secret code on letting life be easy. And as she describes it, it's a skill just like any other. Here's Susie Moore. Susie Moore, welcome to So Money. Oh my gosh, Farnoosh, my favorite human. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited for any moments I get to spend with you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is bittersweet. I wish we were in person. You know, we used to hang out quite a bit in the the before days and the before times as we're Mm -hmm. calling it now. But very excited for you. I know this has been in the works for some time. Your latest book, Let It Be Easy. Yes. I am all about this mantra. Uh, I I tell people, I don't know if you know, I talk about you on this show sometimes and in real life. And I always Mm -hmm. like to reference my friend Susie, who just brings this incredibly needed sense of levity to life. Mm -hmm. And you are an incredibly deep person, but at the same time, you 
know how to care about things in such mm-hmm. a way where you make an impact, but you don't kill yourself either over mm-hmm. your thoughts and your emphasis on mm-hmm. certain things. We tend to go through life carrying a lot on our backs mm-hmm. and you bring, again, this incredible lightness and levity to hard topics. You talk about hard things. You talk about poverty. You talk about imposter syndrome. You bring to this conversation such a breath of fresh air. And your latest thesis mm-hmm. is that we should all be making life a little bit easier for ourselves. What do you think it is about the last 20 months that has really mm. given this thesis credibility. Yes. I feel as if we're in a transitional moment right now. I mean, depending on where you live and depending on what your goals are, there are many things that I think, you know, we're welcoming back into our world slowly, seeing more people, getting projects going again, maybe even traveling and so forth. I feel as if, you know, we don't have to bring unnecessary imagined stress to life because there's already obstacles and challenges that always will be so long as we're alive, but there's a whole, uh, a whole lot of imaginary stress we love to heap on. We think that it's expected. We're taught that life is hard. We're expected to struggle through to every success, that things just can't come naturally. They can't Mm -hmm. flow to us. And I just, I know that that's not true. I know that there can be an easier way. And I'm obsessed with preaching about it. Because at the same time, there are people, there's a mentality out there that hustle the grind, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's glamour. Um, Mm -hmm. is what's glamorized, especially Mm -hmm. in the entrepreneur space. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. That's toxic. I find, I just talked about it on my show recently, how I'm kind Mm -hmm. of over this concept of hustle. We really kind of destroyed that that word. I don't want to work 20 hours a day. I don't think it's cool to not sleep. (laughs) <laughs> and all, I mean, I think hustle is a little bit boring. I mean, I would even just go so far to say it's a little bit like passe, you know, like hustle, hustle. That's how I think about it in my life. And as you know, you know, when I was growing up, I lived in shelters, like domestic abuse shelters, a lot of abuse, addiction, chaotic living, like police coming to my, you know, wherever we were living a lot, a lot of chaos, right? I remember when I was younger, I thought to myself, oh, well, when I grow up, I'm going to get like a good job so I can take care of my mom and I'm going to marry a nice, normal person who treats me well. And then my life's going to be easy, right? Because there's kind of all this crazy stuff that happens now, but I'm not in charge yet. But when I am in charge, I'm going to make money and have a normal marriage. And then everything's going to be like, tick, ah, I can stretch my legs and relax. And then, you know, by the age of 30, I, you know, I worked hard, managed to create this nice career in Silicon Valley in the tech world and, you know, married, kind of got all those things in line, but it still wasn't easy. Like I had a whole different type of stress, a low level anxiety around other things. And I thought to myself, like, truly, when do I get to actually enjoy, enjoy it? Like my life, <laughs> like wh- when does the good part kick in? Because it wasn't then, it's not now. Like what else do I have to like achieve or do? And then I realized that ease is a skill like any other. It's something that we learn like anything else and no one represents it. I joke in the book that ease needs a good lawyer because no one's telling <laughs> <PR>. you. <laughs> but no one, I mean, funny you should think about it, right? People will say to you, oh yeah, having kids is hard. Having a business is hard. Making money is hard. People tell me not having kids is hard. Not making money is hard. Starting a business is hard. Whatever it is that we're doing, there'll be 
the majority will always tell you that it's really, really hard. And like, what if that's just a lie we've been believing a lot of the time? And it's not to discount that there's work to do and that there will be always challenges and obstacles. That's life. But to think about like what we're bringing to it, the energy we're bringing to it that makes it so much harder than it has to be. It is definitely a different switch that has to go on. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is not something that most of us are raised experiencing, believing. You talk about in your book how a few things like that kind of speak to what you just said, that, mm-hmm. you know, you believe that just because something is sad doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yes. I think you'd probably also agree that just because something is challenging or just because something doesn't work out doesn't mean that it's wrong or mm-hmm. sad, that sometimes difficulties in life, it's important to find sort of the happy in that. Mm-hmm. What? How do you do that though? Like, wh- what do you do when things don't go your way? How do you move on? And oh, by the I way, love- it's okay to be sad. We're not telling people not to feel their feelings. Oh, precisely. Because if you skip over your feelings, you just keep burying like crap under the rug, right? And then it builds up and then you realize, gosh, I've really got some cleaning out to do versus actually taking a perceived problem, right? And really looking at it, like putting a spotlight on it. So for example, if something, if I felt a wave of stress coming at my body, because maybe I got an email with something urgent that I forgot, or someone said something mean about me, or there were, maybe I lost something, like whatever it may be, this, you know, that wave of stress that we, we feel in our body when something doesn't go our way or there's an unwanted outcome. There are three questions I love to ask to interrupt my stress response in the moment because that stress response, if it goes unchecked, it can last all day or week or month or year. Then we have a high blood pressure medication that we have to take. I used to take it. We have, you know, all sorts of uh, conflicts with people. Our nervous system isn't at rest. We have, you know, we, we have issues in our body. So if, if something's coming at me and it feels stressful, my, my favorite three questions are number one for an immediate interrupt. And you want to do this as soon as you feel the stress right? You don't want to wait till the next day. You want to do it as soon as you can, because the momentum makes, if stress builds up, you know, negative thoughts attract more negative thoughts and momentum's dangerous. So straight up, number one, how serious is this really? No one thinks that, right? They're just like, the way that the brain works, Farnoosh, right? It's it's number one job is survival, to make sure that we survive. It's the primitive part of our brain. So if we miss a deadline or something like that, we'll think, our brain will think if it's unchecked, I'm going to die. Like, this is so serious. Mm. This is why we always hear people say, I have to, I have to, I have to. A lot of the, we have free will. We don't have to do a lot of the things we're choosing to, you know? Mm. So how serious is this really, first of all? And very few things, with the exception of maybe your health and your children's health and well-being, physically speaking, very little is that serious. So already you can like take three breaths, like look at it and have some perspective, right? So how serious is this really? Secondly, what's essential here? Like what's essential? And this can really vary from many situations from like being too exhausted to cook for your family, right? The the only essential thing is that they eat something. Maybe kids can have cereal for dinner one night. (laughs) Like it's not that serious, right? Or or Or, two or three nights. (laughs) I'm just... I'm spitballing. I mean, I grew up on Frosted Flakes and I thought that was pretty great. (laughs) And then uh, number three, like, how can I let it be easy? Like, Mm -hmm. how can I let this situation be easy? I mean, the brain is so incredible that it's very obedient to the right prompts. So mm-hmm. when normally, you know, we think I'm messing up, I, what's wrong? How do I fix this horrible problem versus, you know, how serious is it really? You know, really what's essential here? Meaning what action do I need to take? Because yeah. often there's an action. And then how can I, how can I let this be in a way 
like I can progress in a way that this is not going to be really, really hard on me, that, you know, maybe there can be some less friction here. There can be maybe a more harmonious solution or a quicker solution. Life is your best instructor. You know, you think about your your past life. Mm-hmm. It gives you a lot of context for mm-hmm. whether or not what you're feeling in the moment is valid. You know, the worries that you have, are they valid? Because in the past, when you were worried about this thing, mm-hmm. did, did your fears come true? No. Yes, exactly. You know, one of my favorite expressions, I don't know, maybe you gave me this, is uh, I work hard so that my life can be easy. Tell us about the work so that you can mm. let it be easy. Yes. Well, the way that I think, you know, I think that hard work, we're taught, you know, hard work, hard work, hard work, that's the thing. And there is work involved to achieve anything, right? There has to be action on, on our part. We have to participate in the manifestation of our own blessings. We don't just sit at home and hope all the opportunities are going to come, right? Like it's really up to us. But the issue, right, the thing that can get a bit tricky is when we think that hard work is the only thing, right? Because if hard work equaled success, a lot more people would have a lot more to show for it, right? So hard work itself isn't enough. And just by working harder and hurting yourself and making yourself exhausted, it's not always going to get the outcome that you want, right? It, It simply doesn't work that way. So When we live life with more stress, right? Thinking I have to do this. I have to do that. This isn't good enough. I need to be better. I need to like hustle more, whatever it may be in that stressful place where we, where our energy lives, it shuts down our creative centers. Like it's proven, right? When we're stressed, we're not creative. And you know, it takes one or two creative ideas, maybe a year to really have a good year, right? There are things that you can launch, collaborations you can have, ideas for books, you know, et cetera. But the way that I think about it is my number one job is managing my mind, right? So to be in a good mood, like to think about what options I have. And that's also just a great tip, always reviewing your options. Whenever you feel stuck, it's because you're not looking clearly at the options before you. You're just seeing like one tunnel vision, Mm -hmm. like tunnel vision solution. So I like to look at my options. I like to remind myself that I'm capable, review my past success, kind of get into a place of knowing that, you know, things that I've wanted, I've achieved. So why wouldn't that continue? Kind of like you said, with worry, things used to worry about haven't happened. So why worry so much now? And then I'm just really selective about what intuitively feels aligned with me. I set big goals. I expect good things to happen. And you don't do everything. You say no with pleasure. I think it's important to set boundaries. That's part of the work too. Knowing yourself and your priorities, going back to what you were saying about, you know, when you're in a stress situation, one of the questions was, does this even really matter? (laughs) How serious? But to answer that, you have to know yourself. For people who are, let's say, people of color, I've had many come on this show talking about how when they were growing up and even still they feel like they have to overproduce. They have to overcompensate. Uh, People don't believe them. People don't believe that they could just be good at their job because of various isms, Mm -hmm. right? Biases. Mm -hmm. And so whether you're a female or a person of color, this is a common narrative of their success journey is that I studied harder for the test. I did all the extra credit. What's your advice for somebody who's taking Mm -hmm. that on and thinking they have to necessarily overwork Mm -hmm. themselves, over show up, overdo, Mm -hmm. just so that they can be level set with everybody else who may not have these barriers 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a reality. We don't live in a fair world. Like we've never lived in a fair world. Who knows what the future holds for a fair world? The way that I look at it, because I, from my personal experience, I refuse to abdicate my power to anybody outside of me, right? So I will think there may be things that get, so for example, as you know, I don't have a college education, right? And in America, it's all about the education, right? And like who you know and where you went to school. And I always just kind of gracefully would, focus on my strengths. We all have them. Like we all have them no matter what our background. And all I, personally speaking, all I can focus on is like in in a situation where I maybe don't have an advantage or other people have advantages over me, or I'm not going to be treated fairly in a, you know, in a situation. Like, what do I have? Like, what is it that I can control in this moment? Always, that's just a good question, no matter what in life. What can I control? What can I contribute? And frankly, the parts of myself that uh, that are stronger, right? What that I can lean into to really lean into them a hundred percent, and to not be like, oh well, you know, maybe someone else, or I won't talk too much of a big game because it looks braggy. Like just. To, to own what you have and to be the most, even if you don't feel like it, even if you don't feel confident, to appear as, as confident as you can, right? To, I mean, is that like fake it till you make it? Is that? Is that I, I look at it differently. I look at it. This is what Amy Cuddy said. She said, it's not fake it till you make it. It's fake it until you become it. Right. So for example, Mm -hmm. if I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not a public speaker. If I do three public speeches, then evidently I am a public speaker. Which could be an Instagram live. It's kind of all these wins that we can get. And if I'm like, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a runner. I'm not right. But if I, if I desired to be, if I run a marathon, then surely I, I'm, I, I've done the thing that I didn't think I could do. And then I've become the thing. If I run around the block, I'm calling myself a runner. I have low standards. I love how you connect this concept of easiness to you, you, you actually add a value to this. And I think that really does speak to people, especially those listening to this podcast who care about their financial well-being. That when you let things be easy, there is actually a correlation to your your richness, yeah. shall we say, right? That that your time and your mental health, these are precious assets. And we need to nurture them just like we do our bank accounts, just like we do our jobs. You know, you said your number one priority is to mind your mind. And so talk a little bit more about that. I think that's an important thing to address. Yes. I mean, I love what Mark Twain said. He said that I've been through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. (laughs) Right? So that's how we live. What can go wrong? What can go wrong? Let me future trip. Let me think about all the millions of things that are against me and da 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 right? And so I wonder, like, if you just put that to the side momentarily and you look at your life exactly as it is in this moment, do you have what you need? Like, are you actually okay? I mean, look, we're both sitting in a chair. We have access to clean running water. We're comfortable. We're warm. Like, there's nothing to worry about. Like right now, yeah, there's stuff to do and I've got goals and da, 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 and a couple of things I need to fix, you know, but overall, I mean, like, is there a huge problem? So it's like, what's the story we're telling versus like what actual reality is. And when you take a hard look at reality, often your joy can just come from realizing how good it really is, like how good it it really is. Even you're in the book, I, I, you know, I share instead of calling your to-do list, your to-do list, call it your get-to-dos, right? And I give examples, like if you have, if you have to, I mean, everyone hates the school run, all parents hate the school run, right? (laughs) That's what I hear. But it's like, if you have kids, they get to drop off at school, first of all, they're healthy enough to attend school. And also Mm -hmm. that you have access to education, 
right? That's not true for a yeah. lot of people. Same with, you know, I always joke about how much every woman hates going to the lady doctor, right? Like once a year, it's not a celebration moment, right? It's like, oh, got to go. No. But it's like access to healthcare as a woman. <laughs> the lady doctor. <laughs> One of your takeaways in the book that I personally, I really... Um, it resonated with me. You say, take it seriously, but hold it lightly. Yeah. If you, I don't know if you know this about me, Susie. I was a real serious mm-hmm. kid, really mm-hmm. serious. I felt like I just had to take care of mm-hmm. everybody. And I was an only child for a long time. And I had serious things to deal with. Like my parents were arguing all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I wasn't really like a, a fun loving mm-hmm. kid. And for whatever reason, it maybe it was partly disposition, partly like the circumstances of mm-hmm. life and what I was being fed. So fast forward to now I've mm-hmm. matured, I've reparented myself mm-hmm. a little bit, and I still take things seriously, but with a degree mm-hmm. of lightness. Can you tell us how we can practice this? You know, take it seriously, but not so Yes. Serious. I swear that being so serious is, it's insane, actually. Like, what do you think about the level of... The level, our serious nature, how, how, how high that can be. Like what, why? Like what is helpful about it? It doesn't mean that we're frivolous. We start jumping off balconies and doing crazy things. Right. But when you think about like (laughs) how serious, I mean, who knows how long we're going to, I mean, be alive. We're all going to the same place in the end. I mean, what is, I mean, at what stage of our life? I feel like there's never a stage that we reach where we're like, okay, now I can be fun and light. Like now this is my time to, you know, kick back a little. Like we we never arrive there. It's always like there's a, something else to do. So there's something serious happening. So um, the reason I wrote that chapter was people often say to me that, you know, it's like, oh, it's fun how you just don't take things seriously. And I'm like, I do take things seriously. Like you said, I love to work. I love to create my how I've created my life. It's important to me, but what is out of my control is out of my control. So it it needs some freedom from my mind. And, um, I remember Mm -hmm. I heard this very famous footballer say, uh, and it was, just, I just thought this was so true and accurate. And it shows the absurd, like the absurdity to me of how we live. Sometimes he said, when you're starting out as an athlete, no one takes you like no, everyone ignores you right at the bottom. Everyone ignores you. Um, when you're in the middle, like people see you, but you don't really have respect. Right. Then when you're at the top, people start coming after you, right. They start like wanting to tear you down. Right. And he's like, and then when you're at the top, top, like best in world, you're terrified to lose it. Like you're terrified to drop back down. So that pretty much covers the entire spectrum, right? From being a total beginner, not taken seriously or respected to being at the top, top. So like, where's the good part? Like Mm -hmm. the good part has to be every step, you know? Every day, find something good. You've been on the show a couple of times at least. And one of the stories that I'll never forget that I would love for you to share again, because I think it's relevant. You have been helping others make it easy since you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, as you described a child that grew up mm-hmm. poor and remember that time you were in elementary school and you were on the lunch program and it was a bit of a humiliating mm-hmm. thing. And you had an idea, a very easy, simple idea that changed the course of your life and probably so many other kids who felt the same yeah. way. Tell us. Yes. Well, for anyone who has a free lunch at school, I mean, I know it works different based on the school you're at or what country you live in. But when I went to one of the many schools that I was growing up in, I had to go and get this like 
token, this very visible token at recess. So that at lunchtime, because I didn't have money to pay because it was a government lunch, I would give my token to the lunch lady, right? And sometimes if it was a new lunch lady, they'd go, what is this? Really loudly. <laughs> like, And I would want all my friends to eat first. I'd pretend I wasn't hungry yet because I didn't want them to see my token. I didn't want questions. It was a source of shame for me right back then. And so I noticed a couple of the other kids, it was two boys would I didn't really know them, but we'd go and get our lunch tokens. And it was this just kind of embarrassing thing. Like, don't make a kid go through that, you know? And then uh, one time I asked to actually have a call with it. In the UK, we call it a headmaster. Right here, you call it the principal. <laughs> and I explained to him, I said, look, everyone else can either sign for their lunch or pay with cash. We have to get these tokens. Why couldn't you just put like my name and anyone else who gets a token on the list too, maybe just like at the back or whatever? Um, because this is like kind of inconvenient and it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel great to have your token, especially with the new tuck shop ladies, you know? And he was like, he had no idea. He had no idea there was like the token system and how embarrassing it was. And I just offered a solution that was easy, right? This is a good tip. Bring a solution to a problem, you know? And uh, he said, okay. And like, that was it. It was changed. Mm -hmm. And then I could eat with my friends. It was just, I could be normal. Like, I'm like, I'm going to sign for my lunch too. It seems silly, but it was so important to me. Like it was so significant to me to just be like everybody else. That's all you want as a kid to be like mm -hmm. everybody else. And I just thought like, you know, why not? Like I can ask. And there's actually one good thing, one good lesson my mom gave me was that there isn't really, I've done nothing wrong. Like if I'm, you know, if I'm getting a free lunch or if my clothes are donated, um, that's, I haven't done anything wrong and there's, there's nothing to be ashamed of, even though I still did feel it. So I kind of, I went for the meeting mm -hmm. and went for it. And yeah, I mean, when you ask, you never know what can happen, but why not? I love that story. And, you know, going back to your book and, and some of the principles that this illustrates from mm -hmm. your book, you chose to not let this be something that you ignored. Mm -hmm. And making this easy wasn't ignoring right. it or shrugging it off. It was actually addressing this problem that was impacting you and mm -hmm. others. Oh, and, and isn't that the thing too? Sometimes people might might think, let it be easy. It's just, just lie down, you know, and let the world be. Like <laughs> there are some things that we can let slide. Like I let snarky comments slide. I let all hate comments go. I let, I don't defend myself, right? Like that's me letting it be easy. But if something matters, right? It's like, how, what's the easiest way to make some change here? And often it's not by getting angry or by like, uh, you know, kind of having long conversations with people that are very energized, but there's no action, right? It's like, what's a, what's the mm -hmm. simple, easy first step action to take? And often it's, it's more immediate than we realize. And there's ways that we can contribute and yeah. make change, but without a lot of hassle and without a lot of stress. You know, one of the ways that I make this podcast easy is because it's a three-day-a-week show. It was seven days a yeah. week to start. Uh, people say, how do you do it? And I say two things. I'm a good listener. I do a lot of, well, this time I'm not because I feel like I've spoken <laughs> over no, you I so many you. times. <laughs> it's important to let your audience hear your guests, right? And listen. And I also invite listeners to send in their questions. On Friday, the whole show is produced by the audience. Amazing. <laughs> so I don't have to go find a guest. I don't have to think of a topic. The audience delivers it to my front doorstep. And they love and so, it. Do you see how brilliant that is? Like you have nothing to prepare? You got your questions? Yeah, it really satisfies the audience. It satisfies me. It's a better show because of it. And it's less work for me if I'm being completely Good. honest. Good. This should be a celebration. 
these are the things I love to find in life, like these solutions, right? This kind of intersection yes. of something that is less stressful, but also a better product in the end, a better result. In and the think end. about it. What's essential here? The fact that you show up, right? Like that like you show mm-hmm. up in, with an open heart and you tell the truth. Like that's the only essential thing, mm-hmm. not a perfectly produced scripted episode. <laughs> like you could, but like letting it, how can I let it be easiest? Like it's essential that I'm there. Susie Moore, what's going on in your life right now? You moved previous to the pandemic, which was ahead of the curve to Miami. Business is taking Mm -hmm. off. You're traveling Mm -hmm. some more. Tell us a good thing. What's a good thing going on Oh my gosh. Well, my book is of course my favorite focus because I feel like this is my best work so far, my best and most important because no one represents ease. Truly. I mean, I've been looking myself. I wanted this book myself a long time, a long time ago, but you know, they say that you write the books that you needed to read, right? Um, So my book is my current focus for sure, but look, I'm living enjoying, chilling Miami. I mean, I think that everyone's talking right about how 2020 was such a long, slow, hard year, but 2021 is boom. Like it's over. Like it's so, it's It's like November already. I don't know what's going on. I know. And so I just feel like, you know, very optimistic about the new year. Again, just focusing on what I can control, thinking about new ways to, to essentially end like, uh, and the unnecessary stress that we live with. Like, because I, I mean, mm-hmm. if there's any gift I think that a human can give to another, like the way to be most generous is just to provide a little bit of relief, right? Truly, it's what we need. Our body responds to it. And I think that we need to take that seriously. And we're wired to think that, you know, cynicism is, intel- you know, is intellectual and that when we're struggling and hustling, you know, there's virtue in that. And there is another way. Like that is another way. And I would say it's even more effective and uh, you kind of, you end up more charming. You have a lot more fun. And I mean, you kind of get to your end goal faster without the bricks on your back of all the imagined stress that the world tells you that you need to feel, which you could instead just question. It's so money. (laughs) So money. (laughs) It's so money. But I like what you said about let it be easy for somebody else. Yeah. What can you do today? Maybe you can't start this in your life right now Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. but what can you do for somebody else to let it be easier for them? I think Mm -hmm. that is also a beautiful takeaway. Susie Moore, as always, thank you so much for sharing your time and your insights with us. I I miss you, you, girl. I love you. I miss you, Fanoush. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'll take any second I can with you ever. Thanks so much to Susie for joining us. You can pre-order her book right now if you go to letitbeeasybook.com. Claim your bonus. You'll get her free course, Become a Manifesting Master, for free if you order the book right now. Becoming a Manifesting Master normally sells for about 300 bucks, but you'll get it for free when you pre-order her book today. Stay tuned for Friday's episode of Ask Farnoosh. Not too late to send in your questions. Direct message me on Instagram at Farnoosh Tarabi or click on Ask Farnoosh over on the website at somoneypodcast.com. See you back here soon. And I hope your day is so money. Money.